In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mark face evil's might. Respect their power for they'll make you see the What'd you think of that, man? <laughs> very, very, very interesting. <laughs> we, Something unique. We, it's, always, it's always nice to have a theme song. <laughs> we have our own theme song now, man. What do you think about that? <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty impressive. Hopefully, hopefully the people that just that are that are hating it, that all the emotional spectrum just won't just drop off after listening to that. <laughs> That's the final straw. I'm out of here. <laughs> but yeah, dude, that that is that is our new theme. Um, for those of you listening at home, Mark is listening to the raw, unedited, unmixed down version of our new theme, uh, which has been uh, created by Daniel Adams and his band, The Bad Mama Jamas, um, <laughs> which which is really their name. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure it is. It's just it's so. So appropriate, considering. <laughs> um, the, uh, the Bad Mamma Jamas, if you've heard that name before, uh, that's probably because you also listen to the Fire and Water podcast. Uh, Fire and Water, uh, they have done uh, themes for the Fire and Water show, as well as, uh, or songs for, for that for that show, as well as for their, uh, their uh, uh, Who's Who show, their Who's Who episodes. Um, so, yeah, uh, Daniel offered to, to, to make a theme, and we were like, I'm, I'm, how can we say no? Uh, six years into this podcast, and now we finally have a personalized theme. <laughs> it, it'll, it'll suck for them if they have to redo it if, if one of us leaves or gets hit by a bus or something. <laughs> it'll just be one of those patch jobs. It, it's chatted. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so you're assuming you're the one that's going to get hit by I a bus? I thought it'd be more appropriate to just assume that something would happen to me. <laughs> As opposed to, like, not like, I don't want anybody to think I have like a voodoo doll I'm pushing pins into it. That's awesome. Miguel and Mark's new podcast. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> how about that, man? You, we, we, your name is in a power ballad. <laughs> very 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 impressive that's right that's right uh but that's that's not why you guys called but we we had to we had to gush about that so uh that is that is our new theme like it or not uh doesn't matter we like it (laughs) uh and uh yeah uh now you'll be able to tell when you're listening to an episode of the lantern cast uh at least the lantern cast main show i I highly doubt we should expect expect the bad Mama Jamas to make us a uh, a theme for the Green Lantern Green Arrow show, <laughs> the Elseworlds for, po- for every other possible offshoot. <laughs> every every spinoff we have, we're gonna have right. a theme. 
Oh, man. <laughs> branding, branding 101. <laughs> but that's that's not why you guys are listening. So, Mark, do you want to tell them uh, what this episode is about since we're, we're, kind, we're you know, a year later and, and back in your wheelhouse here? Well, as it's, it's shocking as it is to really believe that it's been pretty much a year since it's got to be close because I think there were some movies that were coming out right – it might have been around March, actually, when we did this last year. But – Either way, we've been about a year since we did our 2014 movie forecast preview episode, pretty much looking at the releases that were coming out in the year and what was what we were looking forward to and what maybe we weren't looking forward to, otherwise known as what the Three Pounds of Monkey Crap movies, which I don't think there's that, as many of this year, at least when I first perused the list, there aren't that many that stood out like a sore thumb 50 shades of gray <laughs> yeah but see I, I i hadn't even considered that though that would have to be something that maybe under ideals that some people in our the, well not some people there's always going to be some people but a sizable percentage of our our listeners would actually be interested in <laughs> so you're right 50 shades of gray would probably fall into that but since i would have i you are correct you went on that one i i, I would have to say right now let's That'll be one of that'll be my first. Uh, I could give three pounds of monkey crap about seeing this movie, <laughs> including on Netflix. <laughs> uh, so, so Chad and I are going to be we're going to be talking about you know the movies that we're looking forward to, maybe some dark horses in here, things that we each have a maybe a personal preference or that maybe somebody wouldn't suspect would like this movie or not. But it's just you know we're kind of going to we don't have a you know a rigid game plan or a structure for this even less than last year when we did a top when we did a top list so we're just going to kind of we're just going to talk and look for your feedback on it and this will give us a and since good the good news is we are recording this at the end of january so we still pretty much have almost the almost the entire year still to uh of releases so for sure uh but before we get started guys uh, a quick note i wanted to uh to bring up um because this actually, uh, this little kind of campaign um, ends in in February, uh, which would be uh, it was February fifteenth, I think. No, nineteenth. Um, comic Geek Speak um, is it's you know podcast all about comics. Hopefully, most of you guys are aware of it. Comic Geek Speak is uh, having a, a kind of a, a fund campaign. Uh, where you basically can pay $15 for a t-shirt. It's a blue t-shirt. Uh, it's got a black image of Cap's shield. Uh, and right above the star, it says, In memory of Jamie D. And across a banner in front of the uh, the shield, it says, Jamie's Avengers. Uh, this is in honor, of course, of Jamie D., uh, one of the, the co-hosts of, uh, of uh, Comic Geek Speak, who uh, actually has uh, – who, who had passed away earlier – uh, last year on, on May 2nd, uh, after his battle with cancer. Um, and, uh, comic geek speak is having this, uh, this, uh, it's known as booster. Um, and it's kind of a, it's a campaign where you purchase a t-shirt for 15 bucks. It ends on February 19th. They got sizes small through triple XL. Um, so you can go, go purchase one of those and all the funds go to donate, uh, into the hero initiative, which is a uh, charity organization that, helps uh, comic creators in need. Um, so between now and fe- February 19th, don't hesitate. Go over to uh, this uh, this website, which is, um, let's see here, it's booster.com forward slash 
Jamie's Avengers. That's J A M I E S Avengers, uh, and uh, buy a shirt. It uh, definitely helps out um, raise awareness of, of not only cancer but of the Hero Initiative, and uh, it's you know in memory of a great guy. So definitely run over there and, and check that out. Nicely put. For sure. Definitely, definitely something everyone should go take a look at, and if you can support it, it's certainly a good cause, and in our community, it's certainly something, you know, when we, even when we did the recording last year for Jamie, when that was really close to the time of his passing, obviously that was something that kind of touches all of us, and all of us at the Lantern cast, maybe more than some some others, so it's it's definitely something we feel, you know, we should. We at least need to make everyone aware of it and encourage their support. For sure, for sure. So we wanted you guys to, to be made aware of that towards the beginning of this episode. But now we're going to just hop right into our, our movie discussion. And kind of unlike last year, we kind of did a top five or more structured. This is going to be more freeform. Uh, so we're just going to bring up the movies that we want to talk about. And I'm going to – is it a toss-up market? Is it, is it between – which one are we going to talk about first? Age of Ultron or Star Wars? I it's it's a toss up. So if you want if you want to if you want to begin, I be, I assume you'd rather talk about Avengers, so more than Star Wars. So if you want to do that, feel free. Okay. So uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron. When's it coming out? Uh, I don't have all five one five one. Okay. Uh, so the uh, Age of Ultron. I don't know. Uh, the first trailer when it hit. I mean, we've talked. We actually had an episode all about it. Um, Hindsight being twenty twenty, the uh, the colors and everything look muted. Remember, I told you it looked kind of yes. sepia toned and everything. The more we hear about it, the more I'm excited about it. You're seeing um, things come out now, like where they're showing um, toys from the movie or based on the movie, uh, and there uh, there's like you know the, the box art packaging has like little synopsis about the characters that reveal things about the movie. Um, and that, I mean, that that's uh, that seems pretty cool. Um, I, it it kind of feels like this is the this is a movie that's not only going to be a good movie, but it's a it's going to game change the Marvel universe in terms of setting everything up that's going to be coming down the pike for Phase Three, like with uh, with Civil War and the Infinity Gauntlet and uh, or Infinity War rather, and all of that stuff. So. I'm looking forward to seeing how, not just seeing this movie, but seeing how it changes the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, it's certainly going to be darker. That part, even from the, even from not just from what we've seen in the trailers now, because since we've, since we did the initial trailer phase three ep- episode, you know, they, they have released the second full trailer. So there, even though there wasn't a, there were a few interesting tidbits in the second trailer about you know how when Ultron says that you know he's going to destroy them from like the inside, and I think you get more of a glimpse, more of a more of an inkling into what happens when the with the Hulk and Iron Man when they're duking it out because you kind of get a look at the Hulk's eyes and they're kind of reddish, so it kind of gives the impression that the Hulk is being controlled probably by, I'm going to assume more by a, like a spell from the Scarlet Witch than by Ultron, but either way. I think that's probably that's probably what's going to end up happening for so forced you know the Hulkbuster armor into action. But we know this movie's going to be it's going to be darker you know it's maybe an Empire Strikes Back esque kind of tone to it. And I agree with you. Right now, I would probably I I think this will change probably once the second trailer for Star Wars comes out. 
But as of now, I am more in, I am more interested still on my want to see list. I still have Age of Ultron probably number one. I'm really looking forward to that, and for many of the reasons that you said, how it will set how it is going to change the status quo for Phase Three. I mean, Civil War. I mean, Captain America Three. You know, the Civil War is shaping up to be really, really huge. Not just based on the story it's going to tell, but everybody who is going to be in it. It looks like there's going to be, you know, there's going to be a lot of characters in that movie. So even though it's going to be a Cap movie, it's obviously going to be almost like a, it's going to be much more of an ensemble movie, even more than uh, Winter Soldier was. Mm-hmm. And I, and since we did our first event, our first Avengers episode, or only you know Marvel, true Marvel movie episode, uh, we have we've seen we've seen the preliminary like. Uh, sketches and artwork related to what the vision might look like. Right. We haven't actually seen any pictures, which even if the even if it's close to being what he actually does look like, at least they're being pretty true to him based on his costume and based on his design. I do personally hope that he does look l- less Paul Bettany like in the actual movie. I can understand maybe why you know during the initial you know artwork and sketches and that. Whoever was, you know, whoever was responsible for coming up with the designs would av- would make him look more like Paul Bettany because you knew Paul Bettany was playing him. Uh, I kind of like the vision to be more of a blank slate face-wise. I think he should be less, you know, looking like any, less like a, the actor who's playing him in particular, in, the, in this instance anyway. But as long as the vision is true to, you know, as long as the move, the character we get is pretty close to the, you know, the, what he really is in the comic books. Uh, that'll make me happy because the vision is my, the vision is probably my favorite Avenger. He, he and Captain America pretty much are my favorites. Uh, both heart and souls of the Avengers in different ways, which is always ironic since the, since the vision isn't really alive, but yet he really is in many ways the heart, you know, the essence of the Avengers. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing especially what happens with Hulk. There's a lot of rumors going around that Hulk's going to be ejected out into space. Um, which is, uh, yeah. is is unfounded and uh, and a lot of people are saying are calling BS on, but regardless, I'm just looking forward to seeing not just with the Hulk, but where the status quo lies for all of these characters in the end. Not just that, but since they have the Agents of Shield TV show ongoing, and uh, have you been watching Agents of Shield? No, I still haven't. I still really haven't got got caught up to that at all. Okay, well. Uh, spoilers, by by the way, guys, it's not something, uh, you know, really, I mean, I guess it is a big deal, but spoilers for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. real quick. With what they've been dealing with uh, with the mid-season finale in terms of leading up to the re- the reveal and the introduction of the Inhumans, um, I'd like to see, you know, at the end of the Avengers, Age of Ultron, is it, uh, are the Avengers aware that Coulson's alive? Um, Samuel L. Jackson's in this movie, so how much is... How much is he going to reveal? Uh, what about the collapse of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, in relation to what happened in the Winter Soldier movie? How does that affect the Avengers? Uh, does it affect the Avengers? Uh, or are they too big of heroes for them to be completely 100% connected to S.H.I.E.L.D. and the government or the people don't trust them as a result of the collapse of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I don't know. So. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how they how they start... Uh connecting some of those pieces mm-hmm. to see if they they overlap and and 
Because you would assume, yes, at some point they're going to know that uh, Coulson is is alive, mm-hmm. and to see who who that. I mean, obviously you would think you know Tony Star- that would have a big impact on Tony Stark. You would think you think it would have a, potentially a big impact on on Cap, even though he didn't have much of a time frame to have a real relationship with him. But he knows, but he knows what Coulson thought about him. You know how important he was to Coulson. Mm-hmm. So it it will be it'll be interesting to see, just like it'll be interesting to see. How much we know at the end of Age of Ultron, whether it's just writing on the wall or it's already like set in stone for how the where the characters literally go, who starts going in what direction to find out who's going to be who's going to stand with who. If the rumors, which even before, you know leading into Civil War, you would assume that they will be true, that Cap essentially forms his own team. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting. You know, you could kind of you can kind of guess. Based on the current Avengers, which ones might be on Cap side more? I think that you know. So it'll be curious. To, it'll it'll just it'll just be interesting to see how that plays out, and to see how yes, the impact of that of setting the stage for Phase Three and beyond. So I think. So I'm I, I agree. I think I think Age of Ultron is the movie right now I'm most looking forward to yeah. this year. And number two. I would say yes. Number two is Star, uh, Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. You know, they're not really saying the episode number right now, but it, it damn well better at least be in the crawl. <laughs> uh, so at this point, we've only seen one teaser trailer for that, which we never discussed, and pretty much it just that's the entire focus is on the new characters, mm-hmm. which is which for a teaser trailer makes sense. You know, people really. You know, people were looking forward to seeing, you know, Han and Luke and Leia and everybody else. But so it's kind of so I think on some levels it disappointed people for that reason. But it kind of was interest. But it was as an appetite wetter, which is exactly what a teaser trailer really is supposed to be. It did raise, you know, it did kind of make you wonder entirely what's going on. You might get a hint just from watching the trailer of where the story, you know, what's going on in the story. Uh, obviously something, obviously something's been going on with the force where it hasn't been fully functional in the way that we understood it to be before, since even the voiceover by uh, Andy Serkis relates to you know the you know the awakening of the the light side in the dark. So something so something's been going on with the force, and now that we're getting to the point that uh, it may have been dormant for a while, and then it's going to be coming back. So maybe people that are force sensitives that that may not really be you know Jedi or Sith, but have a natural propensity to to, to lean towards one side or just to sense the force. That this sudden reemergence of the force, and maybe that's what many of the characters we saw in the first uh, trailer, in the teaser trailer. Maybe that their reactions and and their story arcs that we're going to be witnessing that may very well be related to this awakening of the force. And of course, it's, depending on how many rumors, that, you know, whatever rumors turn out to be true, there's been tons of rumors about uh, what exactly is going to be, what Luke has been going on, what has Luke has been doing, and you know, what's been going on with him since the end of, you know, since the end of Jedi, and the, the, somehow it seems they search for Luke, and that he's all the rumors point to the fact that Luke has been missing. It's just debatable for how long a period of time and why. 
but I think the search for Luke and his reemergence, I think factors into certain factors into this, this reawakening of the Force. So. Yeah. So what do you think? Based on the based on the teaser trailer, what did what did what what did you think? And feel free to talk about the lightsaber too. <laughs> ah, the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, I mean, the, I was I I had a feeling that uh, even in a teaser, we would see the Millennium Falcon. I mean, it is it's the other than the Death Star, the most iconic, you know, ship from Star Wars. Um, so it was it was it was uh, a given that it had to be somewhere in the even if it was only for half a second. But the fact that they showed it in there right as the music queued up, oh man, I got excited. <laughs> With Tie Fighters up the wazoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh the, the, the Falcon looks great. Um that little ball droid, everyone's making really yeah. weird memes. It's a new R two. <laughs> yeah. Uh Everyone's giving crap about um, the, the 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 lightsaber <laughs> uh, with the crossbars that everyone's uh, uh, talking crap about right now. It's just uh... <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm excited about it. As, as a lot of people may have been able to figure out, I am a Star Wars fan. I'm just not a. It's it's not like a cornerstone of my geekdom. Um, I love the movies, the original movies, without the George Lucas CGI crap. Um, uh, there are some good aspects to the first, uh, to the uh, uh, to the prequels. Um, not very many. They're not enough to make them redeeming. Um, but there are things I enjoy about them, um, and I do have the Timothy Zahn novels. I do have the, um, I, I did like to read the, um, the only comics I've ever read of Star Wars were the ones that Dark Horse put out not too long ago, where it was like the origin of the Force and the Jedi. Um, I think that was called Dawn of the Jedi. Um, and uh, I only read the first couple of issues that, of that, but I was still interested, so hopefully I can pick up the trades at some point in the future. Uh, and I just read the first issue that came out from Marvel. Have you had a chance to read that? No, yeah. I don't. I have because it was right in the. I was in the pro. You know, from from a cultural point of view, I was in the wheelhouse of Star Wars to begin with when it came out. I would have been was that seventy seven. I would have been eight. I would have been eight right around the time Star Wars came out. Do the math, people. Yeah. <laughs> so it was so. So the first. So when you said it, you know, it's not as far. Related to your geekdom, uh, Star Wars had up. You can split my geekdom pretty much into two halves. That for the first, for most of my life, Star Wars has been the most important thing. Green Lantern, pretty much from like, pretty much from the late '90s on, has been slight period of time when they overlapped. Pretty much from maybe like around from '99 through 2000, and prequels were coming out, and you know we. Have, we were dealing with uh, from the Spectre, Hal's the Spectre through Rebirth and everything else. So I think, so I think Star, so Star Wars clearly has been something very, very important to me, and it's just something that. So f- because of that alone, you know, the I don't, I certainly don't hate the prequels the way a lot of people do. 
there are things in the prequels I don't like, and there are I think there are many many missed opportunities that you know there were in the prequels things that he could have Lucas could have done which would have made the story better and made more sense. But he, had, you know, including with Anakin being such, you know, this little, this relatively innocent little kid, supposedly, in the beginning, and being so young and everything else. And that's because he wanted to show how kids, you know, how you don't start out evil. You know, even 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 evil starts out relatively innocent at some point, as opposed to, but there were still opportunities to show that Anakin had more dark side tendencies that, that he'd used, because they were shortcuts for him and they worked. I think there were, from a writing point of view, I think there were things that could have been done differently. That all being said, there are things I like in in, in the prequels, and like you're you're talking about, even I know I want, I'm trying to wrap this back up, back to what you asked me about, I'm being the tangent king sometimes. That I read the original Star Wars series from Marvel. I had like the first, I forget how many issues I have. I don't have the entire run, but I know I had pretty much everything through. I think everything through Empire I had, and then sometime, and I kind of that's around, was around the time I started getting out of comics too. I think, to a certain extent, in the in the eighties. So I think, not that was I don't think that was the only reason why I stopped reading Star Wars. I think it started not getting as interesting to me the comic book. But I probably have the first, yeah, I forget how many issues ran through Empire, and even shortly after Empire, I just don't think I I read it from Jedi. From 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 Jedi, but I'm not that inter- I'm not that interested in, st- in in getting the comic book to go back and read more stuff between four episodes of four and five and everything else right now. Maybe at some point I'll change my mind. Maybe I'll get the trade and go back. But it's not something I want to run out run out and get. Uh, as far as some of the expanded universe books, like you were talking about, I mean. I like the Timothy Zahn books, but I still think, and we may have talked about this before, uh, that I think the Timothy Zahn books just held up on a higher pedestal than they deserve simply because they were the first new, new officially sanctioned material that came out after Jedi. That people were just – Star Wars fans just didn't think there was going to be anything else in the early 90s you know, since we'd been so removed from Jedi at this point that I, I think people just had given up hope that we were going to get any real new material. So when you had something that was sanctioned, oh, this is official, this is continuity, that I think people just hold it up as a little high, you know, a little higher on the pedestal than it deserves based on... I've read... I personally read things in the Expanded Universe that were I felt that were much better than the Timothy Zahn trilogy. The Darth Bane trilogy... There was a Corellian trilogy with Han Solo going back to Corellia. That I thought that was good. There's there are a bunch of different things. I because I read a lot when I was working at the centuries ago when I was working at Walden Books because you get to borrow stuff at Walden Books. So I used to buy, all the new hardcovers that came out. I, I would borrow. I usually would buy the paperbacks, but I would uh, rent. I would borrow the hardcovers. So I rent a lot of the the early early expanded universe stuff. So. Was, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Most of the stuff, obviously, is not going to be in continuity anymore. The closer you get to the actual movies, even stuff between episodes three and four, the further back you go, like before episode one, a lot of that stuff probably can still be in continuity. But that'll that'll play out. But almost everything we know after episodes six won't be anymore. So I don't know. I might get into the comic book. I'm not that excited about it. I know a lot of people seemingly are, and, it, and they have. I think it's going to do very, very well. So, but 
for me, I'm still I'm gonna have a little wait and see attitude towards towards the comic. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the movie itself, I'm looking forward to it. I'm gonna go see it. Um, <clears throat> as much as I would like to see it opening night, I don't want to deal with that crowd. Uh, and like I said, I'm a Star Wars fan, but I'm not a big enough as a Star Wars fan to to deal with how insane the crowds are going to be that night uh, in probably that weekend. Um, so well, I'll... Star Wars, the Star Wars crowds are pretty. I mean, a lot of a lot of crowds like that are relatively well relatively well behaved. I remember the because I remember it's not the behavior; it's the size. Yeah, it's true. That that's that's true too. Mm-hmm. That's because I remember not even for the movies. Just that's another thing I hadn't even contemplated. Because when all the pre- for all the prequels, when all the prequels were coming out, they also had the uh, the Midnight Madness at Toys R Us mm-hmm. for for the toys. So they would have you know whenever the the you know the street date was that they would. So I remember going. I went to all of those. I went to and they were. It was pretty. You know. The lines weren't that not they weren't that crazy. Not like going to the movies and and anything, but but it's it's kind of an interesting experience. I would just, I I'm kind of hoping, even though they probably won't, maybe they won't do it because they might do it. Be more inclined to do it now because it is Disney owning them. That I was kind of hoping that since marathons seem to be in these days, that I was kind of thinking that maybe maybe it would be cool if they did a a marathon. Like they did episodes one episode, not all of them. Episodes four through six, and then just did episode seven. I hope they release. Uh, I hope they release the original trilogy without the Lucas stuff added in, all the CGI added in on Blu-ray before the movie comes out. Because every time I, you know, every time I go to Best Buy and I see the a special on the original trilogy on Blu-ray, I almost pick it up because I I don't have it yet and. But I know it's got that stupid CGI on it. I'm just like, uh, maybe they're gonna finally actually release it without the, without the CGI stuff, and I can just wait till then. <laughs> I don't want to buy it twice, you know. <laughs> that's that's the thing, though. I mean, that and, and many people have complained about that over the years that you had to. <coughs> excuse me. You go back to even when you know when the, the special editions first started showing up on VHS and everything. I mean, my God. Look at the number of different times potentially you've bought, if not every movie, but some of the movies. I mean, and it's like after a while it gets it gets old. It's like what what I buy what I buy the original movies, the the non special edition movies on Blu-ray. I guess for the right price, I would just so I have it, just so I you know so I have you know a little touch of what to remind you what it was when you first saw it, especially when you first saw it in the theater, if you were lucky enough to be of the age to be able to see them in the theaters when they first came out. I don't get as hung up over stuff, like the special edition stuff. I mean, hmm. I understand the, the Greedo and Han shooting first thing. I do understand that because it, it actually just changed part of the story. I don't think you, you know, people – you know, they were correct in saying you, you don't need to have Greedo shoot first to understand why Han Solo shot him. <laughs> You know, it's sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I mean, it's, he's he's a big enough threat to you that you're not going to you don't need to wait till somebody takes the first shot at you if you have a reasonable expectation that they're going to be shooting you soon. So, I don't, but yeah, I might consider getting that, but it's not it's not a, as big of a holy grail for some, as it is for some people, though I understand why it is. Yeah. But I'm really look I'm I think when the second trailer hits, that's when I think it'll pump me up. Not, and the timing will be perfect too, because that'll—it's supposed to be on the Avengers. 
So, of course, you know, that'll be at your peak of the interest for the Avengers. And then once the Avengers comes out, then to me anyway, Star Wars will be the next thing. So, and if the rumors are accurate, which is in the second trailer, which would make sense, that's when we're going to see Han and Luke and Chewie and R2 and everybody that, everybody we know and love from the, from the, from either the original trilogy or for both trilogies, if you're talking about the droids. So I think we'll get, I think that'll be pretty big. And that, that trailer should, I think really start pumping up the interest even more, but I'm, as a Star Wars purist, it's still kind of weird to think that we're having a, and we didn't mention this, that it's a 12, it's a 12, 18 release. It's kind of weird having a Star Wars movie not come out in May. Yeah. It's, I kind of really wish they didn't do that. I really wish, I know they really, Disney really, really, really wanted it out in 2015. I kind of wish they, you know, just for the sake of keeping that, it's just like it's going to be weird, again, as a, as a Star Wars guy, not hearing the Fox fanfare before, you know, you know, before like the Lucasfilm thing would come on the screen. I mean, not going to hear that, you know, the, the 20th century Fox music anymore. And that's going to be weird too, because that's, that's kind of been, that's almost like ingrained as part of the opening of Star Wars. You know, you get the, you get the Fox fanfare before you get a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And then boom, you know, everything. So that's going to be a little weird getting, getting used to too. But, at least we're getting new movies, and hopefully they'll be good. And it's kind of nice to—it's kind of nice to know that you know. It's a—it's a double-edged sword. It's good to know that there's more movies coming, and something that's so you get to see how the continuations in the in the universe to see how things played out. You're also going to get solo movies and spin-off movies, but it—but it also kind of in a way takes away from. Episode three, because that was episode three was kind of an event for that reason, because that was supposed to be the last Star Wars movie. You know, that's part of what made it as big as it was, not just from a box office point of view, but more of a cultural thing, because that was supposed to be the last movie. You know, not just seeing how he completely turned into Vader, but because that was going to be not just a connective tissue, but this was going to be the last time and that was going to complete the story. So, But. I'm I'm not unha- I'm not unhappy. I was more shocked actually that Lucas sold it to Disney. But <laughs> cool. um, the next movie we want to talk about is Jurassic World. Have you seen the trailer for Jurassic World? Yes. What do you think of it? It's got me more intrigued than I thought I would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, considering the third one was really not good. No. Had Sam Neill in it, which made it good, but. Usually, usually one of those red flags is when you're filming a movie and your script's not complete. That's and you don't have an ending for it yet. That's usually not a good sign. <laughs> usually not going to turn out that great. And there are a lot of things I didn't like about the third one. Um, so I think I am interested in this one. I kind of like the I kind of like the concept that even though it's kind of it's going to be interesting to see how they explain it. The idea that they have a fully functioning park. Mm-hmm. You know, so Hammond's dream from the first movie actually comes to fruition, despite all the things we've seen happen in, in between. And yeah, I think it's and so and obviously it's going to have some of the uh, it's going to have a, the benefit of, of of bathing in some of the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, charisma from uh, Mr. Pratt there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. Well, first of all. <clears throat> the park has been open and functional as a tourist attraction for 10 years, supposedly. <clears throat> so there is there is that. Uh, I think I read in the plot synopsis that 
Uh, it's been open for 10 years, and um, uh, visitor uh, attraction, like the, the rate of people visiting has started to go down, so they come up with a, a new attraction. Um, and that new attraction, I don't know about you, but did it, did it seem like they crossed the DNA with a Velociraptor and a T-Rex? It's probably going to be something along those lines, yes. Uh, that's the part that kind of gives that's the part that kind of gives me pause when they start when they have and I can and you can understand you can understand why they do it because you can't keep going back to the well over and over again it's like every, it's like if every single Star Wars movie ever always ended with a Death Star <laughs> it would get old real quick mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it got old by Jedi <laughs> but it would get old real quick so I can understand why they always want to do something bigger and better than a, than a T-Rex even though that is what's ingrained in people's minds is a T-Rex so you, you come up with stuff that, oh, the Spinosaurus, which is such a badass, which turned out really wasn't supposedly as, ba- as bad as an ass as they made him out in that movie since he kind of just hung around a swamp and whether he, you know, that it, when you manufacture, I mean, he wasn't manufactured in the sense that he didn't create him out of scratch. He supposedly was a real dinosaur, but creating a mythos in, of how, how badass a dinosaur is just because you need something to be better than a T-Rex, I never liked that in the third one. And in this one, obviously, they're just de- they're just doing you know dna splicing and and genetic engineering to create a new dinosaur so you you know that's going to work out well Hmm. what what, (laughs) What could possibly go wrong there you know i i knew that that was bad but you know another eerie feeling i got where you know i don't think you're supposed to get an eerie feeling but i just thought oh shit this is going to be bad is when I, you saw that scene that's almost like sea world where everyone's sitting in a stadium and they hang a giant dead shark over the water and that massive aquatic dinosaur just freaking leaps out of the water and snaps that shark up and splashes down. And all the audience is like recording it with their cell phones and screaming and with joy as they get splashed. And I'm just thinking, you guys realize what just happened, right? <laughs> this giant meat-eating, <laughs> bigger than a whale, basically this, this creature is as big as the stadium you're sitting in. <laughs> just came leaping out of the water to grab this shark and you guys are cheering <laughs> i would be scared for my life what if he wanted to jump into the stands <laughs> what happens then you're all screwed Feed me more. <laughs> yeah and that last shot of um it was, it was chris pratt riding the motorcycle with the raptors running alongside him that's cool yeah they, yeah, it looks like they figured out a way to get the Raptors to work for them. Well, I like the speculation, though. I don't know. I think all it is is speculation that he could be like the kid from the first movie. That Chris Pratt could be the mm. uh, what Hammond's grandkid or something from the first movie. I think somebody speculated that. I don't think there's any evidence to support it one way or the other. I'm just saying it. It's an. It's kind of an interesting. It's an interesting theory. Anyway. Yeah. It would be. Uh, I, it's, I am I am interested in it. I think they definitely will get a plus from the fact that you know Chris Pratt's star is rising right now. Yeah. That if if Guardians had tanked or something, then obviously this I don't think this movie would have as much going for it. Uh, it still got a little bit of a hurdle to clear because so many people didn't like the third one, and the fact that this one actually isn't going to have either Sam Neill or uh, Goldblum in it. Suppose as far as we know. That it's not going to have either one of them in it. <clears throat> that that's going to kind of 
it's gonna be the first real first Jurassic Park movie that hasn't had at least one of those two in it. So it, it it's it's gonna be an interest. It's gonna be a little hard harder sell on that. But again, it's you know it's it's like a it's a creature feature kind of thing. So it it doesn't it doesn't have to push the envelope too far. I think to get people to have an interest or to go see it. Kind of like it's like Transformers to a large extent. I mean, no matter how and no matter how bad those movies are, I mean, people are still going to go out and see them. I mean, and they're going to make money. They may not make as money, much money, certainly domestically, as they used to. But the point is, people, they still make a big chunk of change, no matter how much people complain about how bad the last one was. <laughs> or <laughs> every time the, the new one comes out, they complain about how bad that one is, but yet they go, so many people go see the next one. But I am intrigued. That, that is higher on my list now, uh, Jurassic World, than than it was earlier. I would. There's no doubt about that. Okay, what's next? I think... I'm going to say Terminator. I'm going to say Terminator Genesis, which is another trailer we never that came out that we didn't discuss at all. I like... <clears throat> now, you saw the trailer, right? No, I haven't. I'm not a, oh, you haven't seen the trailer I'm, for that? I'm not a big Terminator guy. Uh, my favorite movie was Terminator 2. Um, yeah, I think that's most people's favorite. But I, I'm not like, I'm not like all excited about it. I'm, I'm I still haven't seen, um, what was it that came out uh, with um, Christian Bale? Salvation. Yeah, I haven't seen that. So, I, I don't know. Uh, and I never saw the Sarah Connor Chronicles or any of that. I only, I think I watched the, I watched like the premiere of that, and I, I. I there wasn't enough in me that grabbed me to make me want to, to watch it. I know a lot of people like it, and a lot of people speak highly of it, but I never was. It never was anything that made me want to watch it. Uh, that's one of those things. I, if it's on Netflix or if it ever becomes on Netflix, goes on Netflix, maybe I'll just sit there and just binge watch the f- whole first season at one time. Well, the thing I like about Terminator Genesis is the fact that that it definitely has a Back to the Future two feel to it. Because it relates to basically, you get back, you get to the point in the future when he, when John Connor is actually sending Kyle Reese back into the past, and when he gets back into the past, he now finds that the past, the Sarah Connor he's expecting to find, is not the sweet, innocent Sarah Connor anymore. It's not the it's not the innocent Linda Hamilton, not to be confused with the badass Linda Hamilton from Part Two. <laughs> that it's that pretty much. Sarah Connor already is a badass because somewhere in the somewhere in the past, since they couldn't kill John Connor or Sarah Connor as an adult, they went back to try to kill Sarah Connor when she was a child, and they killed her parents. But the but the Terminator that was sent back to protect her saved her, was not destroyed like almost all the other Terminators were, and basically that Terminator raised Sarah Connor. So you have a badass Sarah Connor who obviously isn't does not. Who doesn't have a great understanding about human emotions since she was raised by a, by a Terminator. But it's kind of, it seems like if you if you do get to watch the trailer, which you might appreciate, it seems like in a way it's kind of like it's a combination of Terminator 1 and Terminator 2. Because it seems like you have the liquid metal a liquid metal Terminator being sent to stop them, but yet it's already it's already Sarah Connor already kind of in badass mode. You have the Arnold you have the Arnold's you know, the Arnold Terminator that was sent to protect Sarah Connor as a child, which I believe is hinted at in the, in the trailer, is basically was waiting for the original Terminator, that, the original Arnold Terminator that showed up in the first movie. He was waiting because he had already been 
he'd gone back further in the past and he knew what was going to happen. He basically waited for that moment when the original Terminator showed up and he t- and he took him out. So that's why the events of that's why the events are not the same when Kyle gets gets sent back into the past to deal with to find Sarah and quote unquote protect her. And I like the fact that our girl from uh, Game of Thrones, Amelia Clark, is Sarah Connor. And I like the fact that if you do watch the trailer, you'll see that she actually try- – that the way she's speaking in her accent, she's trying to sound like Linda Hamilton. So I thought that was a nice touch. But I'm interested. Uh, but I like every, – every Terminator movie has does something for me. They're not all – obviously Terminator 2 was the pinnacle. Um, but I still think there were things in – even in – there were things in – Rise of the Machines, I liked. There was a few things in Salvation I liked, and I do like the fact that part of the part of the, if you will, the history of the Terminator series is that the timeline always gets screwed up. No matter what you do, once whenever anybody gets sent back into the past, something gets screwed up, and the timeline never completely unfolds the way it did previously. So, whether it's just changing the date or things being pushed back, like Judgment Day being pushed back multiple times, but still it has to happen and I just like the fact that it's just like it's, it's a timeline that it's, it always gets screwed up. There's always changes to it, so it makes it easier to accept it because it's kind of always been that way. Even if you, even if you go to the basic idea of the whole story of the original Terminator, when you find out that Kyle Reese turned out to be John Connor's father, well, if you're looking at the way a loop has to begin, at some point John Connor already had to exist to send Kyle Reese into the past to start with. It may have been a loop, but the loop had to start at one point, which meant somebody had to be John Connor's father first, other than Kyle Reese, or else he would never have existed to send Kyle Reese back into the past. So, so I'm, it's it's just it's just like a you know whenever you deal with time travel, it just makes your head kind of can bang your head against the wall. But I thought the trailer looked pretty good. I liked the concept of the movie when I first heard that it had the Back to the Future two kind of feel to it, that you had events in the first movie kind of going on. Coupled in the events of the of the new movie, you know, new in the old. So I I'm actually looking forward to it. Yeah. So watch the trailer. Oh well, um, another movie I'm looking forward to. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for it yet. Uh, Inside Out from Pixar. Yes, actually, I have seen that. That looks awesome. <laughs> um, basically, the concept is. If you've ever wondered why your mind works the way it does and why you have the thoughts that you do, there's little creatures inside your mind, I guess. Is that the best way to say that? Probably, yes. They're just kind of manning this command center, <laughs> choosing what to react to and how to react and that that whole thing. Uh, it's it's awesome. Um it looks like it's gonna be really, really good. I don't have much else to say about it besides that. Um, what, what did you think when you saw the trailer? Thought it was, I thought it was interesting. I thought it. When it comes to animated movies, it, you know, usually it's like it's got to grab me one, two, three. Kind of like you know, pix, like pixels. Pixels kind of has grabbed me too. It's just it's. There's some things you see, and it's like, yeah, I want to see it. And there's other things that. I don't know. I I'm I'm intrigued. I'm in, I'm intrigued, and and. Pixar's track record is still pretty good, so. Mm-hmm. And speaking so of, uh, sorry, go ahead. Okay, no, no, go ahead. Speaking of Pixar, there's another Pixar movie coming out that I didn't know in, about until I researched, you know, what movies are coming out in 2015. And it's called The Good Dinosaur. Yeah, I, I think that's. I believe. I believe that's almost. Got, that's 
an animated movie that's kind of had like an almost like a an Ant Man history of getting to the getting to the screen. Mm-hmm. If, if I remember correctly, I think that's a movie where they they almost had they had like the animation and like almost the entire audio tracks done, and then they went back and they started rewriting the story and had to go back and do new animation and do and re-record that. If I'm remembering correctly, I think. Do you know who's who do who does the voices in that one? Mm. Only because only because that would confirm whether it's uh, the only cast I see listed here, and this is on the side of Google, is uh, John Ratzenberger. Let's see. Let's see if I can find anybody. Yeah, they don't. I mean, it's possible that's not the one I'm thinking of, but it's. But I know it was. I know it was about a dinosaur, so that's mm. why it make that makes me think. Yeah, the synopsis, the synopsis is, what if the cataclysmic asteroid that forever changed life on Earth actually missed the, cl- the planet completely and giant dinosaurs never became extinct? Sounds intriguing. Can't go wrong with dinosaurs. For sure. I love dinosaurs. And and it comes out November 25th, it looks like. So there's I, I, don't, I haven't seen any uh, other, other than like stills and, and concept art online. I haven't seen anything for it in terms of uh, trailer, so... So Pixar's Inside Out and Pixar's The Good Dinosaur. I'm definitely looking forward to. Can't go wrong with Pixar. Mm-mm. So let's, I'm trying to pick another one off my list here. Um, let's throw Ant-Man out there since Ant-Man would be a good one for a discussion. For sure. I think I am looking forward to Ant-Man because of the cast. I am not looking forward to it because either – because of the power set, or because, or because I think the trailer looked, any, any looked particularly interesting at all, which is was fair, which is not an, that's I'm not going to say it was the overwhelming majority of opinion on that trailer, but it certainly was a sizable, uh, opinion, of many anyway. That 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 trailer for Ant Man was pretty bland, and didn't really uh, really didn't do much to sell. The movie, even though I guess in Marvel's defense, they always, they tend to have an idea of what a movie is, and for Ant Man, it's supposed to be like it's a it's a caper movie. It's it's a you know it's a it's a thief movie. It's a caper movie, and that's what that that kind of what so maybe that's why you were, if you were expecting a lot of action in that movie, that doesn't mean there won't be action. It just means that that's you know, they kind of get a. They have a theme that they want to go with in a lot of these movies, just like Winter Soldier was supposed to be like the '70s kind of espionage kind of yeah. movie. and that worked and out well. Every time, yes, it worked every, out very well. Every time someone approaches a superhero movie, like it's a different movie that just so happens to have a superhero, and it seems to work well. Right. So I, so I don't think I'm. I think people were too harsh about. I mean, again, it's a teaser trailer, but I think with Marvel. It's, Sometimes, as we know, you get to, you get to a certain point when you're so big that it's almost like it's hard to hit it out of the park every time. And even if it even if it's a, a double, people are going to say, "Well, you didn't do you know you didn't do your job well enough." I I think the cat. I mean, as we this we have discussed on this movie before a, a while ago, makes me nervous with all the problems I've had getting this to. You know, to the screen and the rewriting and everything else. I still have faith that it'll be an entertaining movie. We know it'll have a good opening weekend, regardless. It'll get it'll get the Avengers bounce. It's you know, it comes out on seven seventeen, so it's going to be the first movie after Avengers: mm-hmm. Age of Ultron. 
So we know it's going to have it's going to have a lot of things working in its favor. I think Paul. I mean, Paul Rudd's a really likable guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he and Michael Douglas probably will work well together. Uh, having kind of like almost like an everyman kind of Avenger probably doesn't hurt uh, someone, especially since you know, if, especially if since what well, he's he's Scott Lang, not Hank Pym. That's that's Michael Douglas's role. That so at least in the beginning, Scott Lang pretty much is just somebody who kind of like uses the suit, not somebody who creates the suit. So he is more of an like an every like an everyman as so I think that could have could have an appeal. Obviously tying it into his doing it for his daughter, which they kind of touch upon in, in the teaser trailer. I I still have I still have hope in it for Ant Man. I think it is it, the power set makes it kind of it does make it difficult. It's not an easy mm. power to sell. So I really, so they kind of do need a second trailer. I think to make it to kind of like seal the deal. The first trailer certainly didn't get. Let's put it this way. If you're comparing it to Guardians of the Galaxy, which was also a, a really tough sell to start with, it certainly did not succeed in its first trailer like Guardians did mm-hmm. to get to try to win people over. Well, just for those who uh, critique uh, Ant-Man, I say something I said on Facebook. You're saying that you wouldn't watch, and I'm not, I don't mean you as a Mark, I just mean these people who are critiquing the movie. Um, you're saying you're you're really leery about a movie that features a guy whose power is talking to ants and he shrinks down real small. Okay. Just remember, you made a movie with a talking raccoon in a walking tree, one of the number one movies of 2014, and you ate it up with a fucking spoon and asked for second helpings. (laughs) So uh, I would probably abstain from knocking the movie until you actually see it <laughs> and that's kind of my mentality is uh marvel has done no wrong if they were gonna do wrong it was gonna be with guardians of the galaxy i thought because that was gonna be a tough sell because nobody outside of the comics probably knew who the guardians of the galaxy were and yet instant blockbuster <laughs> so i'm just gonna wait till i see it <laughs> now could it suck sure but I'm going to go see it anyways. It's kind of like the Superman uh, Superman v. Batman Dawn of Justice. We're hearing a lot of stuff about it. Stuff that makes me cringe. But guess what? It's a live-action Superman-Batman movie. I'm going to go see it. <laughs> so I can knock on it and be real worried about it all I want. It doesn't change the fact that I'm going to go see it. Same with Ant-Man. I can be worried. And this first teaser trailer. Not even a real trailer, guys. It's a teaser trailer. And the, you're, everybody's already judging it? Nah. I'm going to go see it anyways. Why pretend any other way? Yes. Which is, interest, which is interesting because there's another movie we can tie this into, which kind of I think might be the opposite for a lot of people. As in, they may, they may have reservations about it, but they're probably not. But it, would take, it won't take a lot to make a lot of people not go see this movie. <laughs> well, I'm still going to go see it. Oh, I don't mean Ant Man. I mean the next movie, the other no, movie. No, I know about. Fantastic yeah. Four. Yes. Yeah. So you want to just do Fantastic Four then? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Fantastic Four, which is which comes out on eight seven. Uh, as we speak, there have still been no official pictures, no official trailers. Though I think what the trailer is supposed to was it Jupiter Ascending. The trailer supposedly comes out on I believe. I think I Jupiter. Thought, I thought that was our first look at uh, Batman v Superman. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. 
I don't even think there, there's something. No, that it is att- it is attached to something that's coming out. Yeah, you're right about that. Jupiter, yes, Warner Brothers. Jupiter Ascending is Batman Superman, but there's something else that's coming out. I would have, I, maybe when you're talking for one of yours, I'll go back and look at the release schedule to see if I can figure it out. But supposedly, there's we're going to see a teaser for Fantastic Four real soon. Okay, here we are, almost in February. <laughs> The movie comes out in August, and it was pushed back, right? It was, I think it was originally pushed back like a month or so. Uh, that's not a good sign. <laughs> the fact that they're doing reshoots, again, onto itself is not the kiss of death because reshoots are fairly common. The fact that it's kind of up in the air, depending on who you listen to, it's either like a few weeks of reshoots, but some places have said, oh, it's going to be like a month of reshoots, which makes a big difference. <laughs> uh, the fact that this movie comes out in about six months, and we haven't even seen one official still from this movie. One, even pushing the teaser trailer to like six months before the movie comes out is, is pushing it. Uh, if you're a blockbuster, you can get away with it. If you're something like Star Wars, if you wanted to do that, even though it would disappoint people if you did. But you can get away. If, if you're such a successful brand, if it's a surefire hit, and people already know this movie is coming out and they want to see it, then yeah, you can push push the envelope. But when you push, when you wait and wait and wait and you're like within like six months of release and you haven't seen a poster, you haven't seen a teaser, you haven't seen a still, that's not a good sign. As, as I think Chad and I have talked about before when it comes to Fantastic Four, pretty much there isn't anything that you hear about this movie that makes you think this movie is going to be good. Doesn't mean it can't be good. But the vibes are not looking promising. <laughs> no. And every single time somebody does an interview about this movie, no matter who it is, they say, they just say something that just makes it once again look like you don't want to see it. So I mean, maybe they've just put. There haven't been a lot of interviews lately, so maybe they maybe maybe they've learned their lesson to like like put some kind of internal embargo on doing interviews about this movie at least until like right before it's released, and then just talk about the movie. Or just talk about, you know, give them talking points and stick to it. But this movie does not look. I mean, it's. I mean, and once you heard about the whole idea of making friggin' uh, Doctor Doom a goddamn blogger, really? Yeah. Really? I mean, Julian McMahon was a horrible Doctor Doom, but that's just because he didn't have the persona to be Doctor Doom. At least when he put on the armor, especially in the second movie, at least he kind of looked like Doctor Doom. Oh, he's a blogger! Ooh! <laughs> oh God! I'm, that to me that that fanta- Forget about uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Fantastic Four is is absolutely the winner right now of the Three Pounds of Monkey Crap Award for something I do not want to see, and I and I may very yeah I may not go see this even to see how bad it is I may just wait I mean I don't know it's to me this, this talk about something that has train wreck written all over it and it just from the casting from everything we heard it just it you know it just doesn't seem like they really care about the source material more as much as they you know putting your own personal stamp on some things okay but if you're just making a movie that's going to be fantastic for only be in name only but you pretty much like making your own story up or using more or less you're using these characters names, but you're just doing what you want with them. So they're not going to resemble anything. People have an expectation to uh, see on the screen that 
makes you wonder what the point is other than keeping the rights to the franchise mm. in their back pocket. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to go see it anyways. Um, I kind of, I, I'm kind of taking the opinion that um, they're releasing so much information about this movie outside of, of course, stills and, and actual video. But they, they're, a lot of this information, from what I've been able to ascertain, hasn't been leaked. It's the, them telling them what's going on uh, and what's what's happening in this movie. So I'm kind of of the impression that they're still going ahead with it anyways and still have confidence that it's going to be a well-received movie. Well, if that was the case, why would you start leaking things that would concern people to begin with? Unless they're going to be concerned and then see it and then be like, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um so I don't I don't know I'm I I don't really have a whole lot to say about it other than that I'm definitely I'm gonna go see it anyways uh, at this point if I start seeing now I don't mean just the teaser trailer I mean several different trailers and they all look god awful then I probably won't go see it but as of right now I am gonna go see it it's uh, Kingsman the Secret Service the Colin Firth movie. Hmm. That's the that's a Fox movie. That's the movie that fan, that the Fantastic Four teaser is supposed to be on. So that's that's February thirteenth, and Jupiter Ascending is Febu- February sixth, which is what the the rumor is the Batman Superman teaser. Um, another movie I'm looking forward to seeing, and I'm going to throw out two out there because we've been recording for about an hour now, and I would just yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to say about either one of these, but just kind of uh, surface level stuff. Project Almanac which is just about to come out. Just about to come out. Look, really looking forward to that. That is a movie about, uh, well, it's a Michael Bay movie, so that bugs me. But uh, <laughs> it's, Did he direct it, or is he just, in, or is he just producing it? I don't know. Um, I, I, I will say, though, um, it looks like he's a producer with two others, and it's directed by somebody else. Um, it's, a, it's a handheld cam movie, kind of like uh, Cloverfield um, and... Um, chronicle before it um look a time travel has always interested me this looks like a well done time travel movie um i'm definitely interested in it i'm definitely gonna go see it i've seen the previews i saw previews with uh, some friends of mine the other day they said they want to go see it um so you know I, I rarely get the chance to go to movies with a group of people um and this looks like one i'll get to get a chance to to do that uh with um and it i mean it, it looks good you know, every time I see a movie, you know, it's kind of hard to, you know, sync up with people to go see it, especially if it's a big movie like uh, Age of Ultron or, you know, something like that. But something that's kind of, I don't want to say under the radar, but doesn't have a lot of hype behind it like Project Almanac but that my friends are interested in, it's going to be much easier to go see it as a group, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and you can comment on that in on a second. I just want to name drop. I haven't seen trailers I haven't seen anything. Uh, just in name alone, I want to go see Minions when it comes out. I was going to say Minions. Minions was going to. I was going to tie Minions into the next one I said too. Uh, Minions, I am looking forward to. I. I'm not sure if the teaser trailer made me more want to see it than I did. It's kind of interesting in a way, making it sound like their their only purpose in life is, is serving some kind of despot. That <laughs> 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 they need they need some some dictator to serve whether it's napoleon or somebody else that they're going through history they pretty much have been you know always they needed somebody and when they don't have anybody to be their their fearless leader they're just aimless so i I, it's kind of an interesting background 
but people like Minions, so that that's that's a seven ten release, so that should be that you know that should do fairly well. I am looking forward to that. I think the min I mean I think the Minions have been the least, personally I thought they were the best part of, of the last Despicable Me. I mean, you took them. I didn't like the story all that much in the sec the the last Despicable Me movie, but the Minions pretty much sold it to me. So I am looking forward to that. Relate and again another animated movie, which is why I was going to relate it to Minions. That I'm looking forward to Peanuts. I'm looking forward to Peanuts on eleven six, which is good. Oh yeah, I'm really looking I'm, forward to that. Yeah, I'm a I'm a huge uh, Peanuts Snoopy guy. There's no doubt about that. That again in my in my wheelhouse from from when I was a kid. That I've I've always been fond of those characters and and collectibles and everything. And even now, it's one of those things. And I th- I've kind of gotten Liz into into Snoopy stuff too. You know, she has a big collection of Snoopies since we've been together. That I yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I, I think it it would be nice. It, it and it looks like it's going to be because Charles Schultz's son is so much involved in it that it's going to be very respectful, I think, to the tone and the and the source material. You know, it's, it's not going to be uh, you're not going to have a whole lot of fart jokes, is what I kind of <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I think there's not going to be a lot of inappropriate borderline material or tying things in, even like Smurf-like or whatever. I don't I don't think we're going to be going I don't think we're going to be going down that road. So. I think it's it's a good you know it's a good holiday movie so it, you know it's shortly before Thanksgiving, it's you know characters people really like so hope and the animation based on the like the little the little snip snippets that you've seen so far look pretty cool, uh, so I yeah I'm really looking forward to that it it opens on eleven uh, six which is also the day the James Bond movie comes out Spectre, which I'm I put on the list only because it's kind of it's kind of cool to tie it into like the old school James Bond movies, especially the Sean Connery ones, that I've kind of been binge watching as many of those movies that have been on Netflix since a lot of them are getting yanked off on February 1st. I've been watching a lot of the Connery Bonds and some of the – they don't have many Roger Moore Bonds, but I've been trying to watch the ones that they've had. So even though I know it's blasphemy to a lot of people, even though Sean Connery is not my James Bond He's not. He's got charisma, and I can see why people liked him. And it's certainly, if he's the first guy you see as James Bond, then he's going to be the guy you think is James Bond. But he wasn't to me. I grew up in the Roger Moore era, so to me, I see Roger Moore more as James Bond. But even watching some of those old uh, Sean Connery movies, they just don't seem as interesting to me. But the Daniel Craig spec you know, movie, the spec Spectre, referring back to you know, the organization that, especially Sean Connery's Bond, had to deal with a lot in the sixties that I think that's kind of a nice little throwback. And even though Daniel Craig is certainly not my favorite James Bond by any stretch of the imagination, that it certainly should be an interesting, an interesting movie. So I thought it was worth putting on the list. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have any others. I'm trying to, to browse right now to see if there's anything else that I'm not seeing on this main list that might be coming up. That might be something I would be interested in. Um, one of the big ones, of course, uh, not that I'm interested in, but uh, Termina- uh, not Terminated, uh, Mad Max Fury Road and The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. That's true. They're, are, they're both coming out this year. Mm-hmm, are big ones that people have been uh, have been talking about and excited about. Um, so, 
I have Furious Seven too. Go ahead. Fast, Fast and Furious Seven. I am. I was always. Obviously, that's a franchise which is kind of unique onto itself because it started off as kind of a very the Fast and the Furious was kind of a very small fringe franchise about people who really like fast cars and fancy and souped up cars pretty much. And then somewhere, and then they kind of resurrected that franchise with four when they brought Paul Walker back with Vin Diesel. And then once they brought The Rock into it in in the fifth one, and basically from that point on, kind of made it more like a a cape again a, a caper movie, more like an Italian job kind of concept of a blueprint as opposed to just you know street racing and things like that. That obviously this is a franchise that has has gotten bigger and bigger as opposed to you know kind of like fading out. That. Uh, the sixth movie in the franchise was super, super big. And, of course, it ended with Jason Statham being introduced as the brother of the bad guy who they knocked off in the sixth movie. So you knew you were going to be dealing with him in the seventh movie. Of course, originally Fast and Furious was supposed to come out last year. But because of everything that happened with Paul Walker and yeah. his death, that's one of the reasons it was it was going to be pushed back. That's uh, interesting. It'll be interesting from a story point of view how it changes. We'll obviously never know unless we could get an original script to know how it would have played out differently if, if they didn't have to play around with Paul Walker's character. But we might very well end up, at least if you're a Rock fan, you might end up having more Rock in this movie because I know when he was when they were originally filming this movie in the uh, – Right after he finished Hercules, that they were filming it, I think, in the September, right after he had finished that summer of filming Hercules. So he didn't have a whole lot of time. He had to go for basically from one movie to the next. So I think his his participation or his role in the script might have been a lot smaller, or at least they were going to kind of like they were going to have to shoot all his stuff in a relatively short period of time. So maybe with the fact that they had to rewrite and go almost go back at least to the not entirely to the drawing board because I think they had about. They may have had close to maybe more than half the movie filled. I think Paul Walker had maybe more than half of his scenes filmed before he, his accident. But either way, that so they're going to so the the continuation of that franchise, where it goes from here, will be interesting to see if if not just from a, from a fan reaction point of view, but from a writing point of view to see if they m- maybe end this movie a little more. They give it more of a proper ending in case they don't want to continue it. When originally this was supposed to basically be the beginning of another trilogy, that the the idea was there was going to be seven, eight, nine was going to be another trilogy they were starting. Now that who knows that may may have changed with you know again the, the Paul Walker thing. Maybe it didn't. And I was never a fan of the movies until I saw. I never really was a fan of any of the first three. I think I saw the fourth one when it was on HBO, and then I was interested in the fifth one because I liked the end of the fourth one, and I liked The Rock. So once I saw, once they brought him into it, that that made me a fan of the series. So I am looking forward to this movie, which opens up in April, April third. It originally was supposed to open up, I think, July last year. Um, which was always going was, which was always asking a lot because that was like a year turnaround from part six, so it was always going to be under the gun. So in a way, it kind of makes sense to go back. So that'll be the big April release, and we'll see how that does. Basically, that's going to take the Captain America slot now, since the beginning of April seemingly is a good release time now. <laughs> so, yeah, another one that I'm interested in. Uh, again, this is name only kind of things. Um, I'm seeing. Um, <clears throat> well, I'm not going to go see in theaters, but I'm interested, mildly interested in Paranormal Activity: The Ghost Dimension. 
I almost put that on my list. The only reason I didn't is because that movie keeps getting pushed back so far, mm-hmm. and they haven't advertised anything about it. Yeah, that's supposed to be March, right? Is that still listed as March? Yeah, and Which they is odd because usually that's Halloween when those come out. Well, that but this movie was also pushed back. Like yeah, a yeah. Year. yeah, yeah. This movie was this this movie was supposed to come out after in the same year as the marked ones. Did you see that the spinoff one? Mm-mm. Actually, I would recommend it because actually there's – as a movie itself, it's pretty interesting and there are direct ties into the whole mythology with with Katie and her sister and even the way it ends, it directly ties into the first movie. I have to go back and watch the first movie to see if it seamlessly ties into it. But they did – I actually really enjoyed uh, the marked ones. I saw it on Netflix like about a, uh, earlier in January. But yeah, Paranormal Activity, the, the, which is supposed – I think it's supposed to be the last one, I think. But it was supposed to come out last year. Then they pushed it back. You're right. All the the, the if you will, Paranormal Activity proper. They've always been the October release. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, that was the franchise that killed Saw from being the the October release. <laughs> Paranormal Activity helped put the dagger into Saw, which helped in that franchise. Mm-hmm. So I am interested in seeing how they how they how they wrap it up or see how, see where they where they go from there. Um, but yeah, I, I think. That's, I think that franchise has certainly gotten to the point of diminishing returns, so I don't know if it's gonna. And the fact that they really haven't, a, they really <clears throat> haven't even advertised it yet, and if it's or pretty much in February, and they haven't even shown a, a damn teaser trailer for it, makes me actually makes me really wonder if that movie is going to be coming out <clears throat> or whether they're going to push it back again. Another one I'm interested in: Goosebumps. Uh, ah, yes, Goosebumps. Uh, after moving into a small town, Zach Cooper meets Hannah, his neighbor. Hannah's father, R.L. Stein, who writes the Goosebumps stories, keeps all the monsters in the series locked up in his books. When Zack unintentionally releases the monsters from the books, the three team up in order to put the monsters back where they came from. I was a big fan of Goosebumps, so I'm definitely uh, interested in seeing uh, how this how this plays out. For sure. And Jack Black's supposed to be uh, the, playing the part of R.L. Stein, which... Uh, Jack is... I, I like Jack in general, but He's hit or miss sometimes. I got to be honest about that. So, yeah, there's some. There are some roles he's definitely suited for. Uh, may maybe he can pull off that. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. But it's an it's an interesting theme or concept to, you know, to make a goosebump movies in, but not but not just basically make it like almost like a like a Twilight Zone movie of just pick pick a few different stories, you know, to yeah. actually make, make, take it, take it in, take it in a different direction. So I think that's, I think that's, uh, I think that's a pretty good, a pretty good approach doing throw. Sometimes you, you throw a monkey wrench into things and it actually turns out, turns out better than you thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. And something else, I'm just trying to pick, I'm pretty much down to only a couple on my list anyway. Uh, did you see the trailer for Chappie? Yeah. No. Yeah, Trappy. I actually saw the trailer the other day because I finally got to see Taken Three. Should do a review on that one. Uh, the, only, the only thing, the only thing Taken with or the, was my money. <laughs> no, or the moviegoers for that one. So nobody gets taken in the whole movie almost. Uh, Chappie, well, from Neil Blumkop, comp, uh, who did District Nine. That. It's another, it's basically another movie that deals with the concept of creating artificial intelligence and the idea of 
machines having a self, self-identity really becoming alive and the pros and the cons of that. It's also interesting because it looks like Hugh Jackman plays a bad guy in this movie, which is something that Hugh Jackman usually doesn't play. So that actually comes out on 3.6. Uh, the concept was interesting. The trailer looks interesting. It's, it's It could be a dark horse. I think it's something that's prob- that I have an interest in seeing. I think, especially if people like District 9, I think uh, that's a movie that they might be interested in. Another movie, I don't have any idea whether it's going to be good or not. It probably won't because it seems like it's a rather obscure thing to adapt uh, or remake at this time. Was is Man from Uncle? I feel kind of, I kind of feel bad for Army Hammer at this point because it seems like he just he's following the Ryan Reynolds meth, uh, pattern of picking really bad projects that don't really help your career. First, you know, first it was Lone, the Lone Ranger, which was not nearly as bad as people made it out to be. But and then there's Man from Uncle, which is you know which obviously was a popular TV show in its day set in the Cold War. So he and Henry Cavill are going to be uh, playing the roles in this remake again set in the Cold War. It could be interesting. It's an August 14th release. I just don't know if there's going to be a lot of demand to see it. What else do you have? Anything? The only other thing I have on my list, and I don't even know if I consider it good uh, as part of my uh, as part of my list, when Dracula Untold came out, which, I, by the way, I recently saw and enjoyed, um, when Dracula Untold came out, it was said that um, they're going to be doing their own universe. Uh, it seems like the uni- shared universe idea is is catching on. Um, and I see that later on this year, they're supposed to like they're going to they're going to have a, a, uni- a shared monster universe with Universal. Uh, yep. And it starts with Dracula Untold. I'm seeing later this year there's a movie called Frankenstein coming out. Oh, that's the one with, uh, I say just draw a blank, Harry Potter. I, I don't know, though. Is is this part of Universal Shared Monster Universe, or is this just a I Frankenstein movie? I don't know if it is. I don't think that it is. Give me give me one second. Um, yeah, I don't... I mean, do you... Th- so the idea of a shared universal monster universe, I assume you're a pro on. Yeah, I just, I mean, we've these characters have been around for ages. Uh, at this point, it's not so much of I'm a fan of the monsters as I just want to see cool new things done with them. Um, did you happen to see Dracula Untold? Yes, I did see. I did see Dracula Untold, and actually, I thought I I thought it was. It was pretty good. I thought, again, it, it was a movie that kind of a lot of people dumped on. I didn't No, Vi, uh, Victor Frankenstein. Is that the movie you're talking about? Uh, all I see is Frankenstein. Does it give you a studio? Uh, I'm not seeing one. Because there is a Victor Frankenstein in October, and that's Daniel Radcliffe, and it is Fox. So that would be independent. Hmm. Comes out same day as London has fallen with Gerard Butler. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's yeah, I, that's that's the only one I, I, I the only other one I saw that uh, mild interest in. And the only uh, the only two that are left on my list anyway are I have Sinister too because I actually enjoyed Sinister. I thought Sinister was a kind of a cool was a very kind of spooky movie, and the and I thought Ethan Hawke, even though of course he's dead now. Spoiler alert, uh, but. It, uh, at least in the movie, he was dead. Uh, um, he was really good in that movie. So, 
that kind of intrigues me. The sequel will probably stink because we've seen a lot of sequels stink to these. To, just like I, I, Insidious 2 I thought was really bad. I liked the first one, but the second one I thought was god-awful. And a guilty pleasure for me is on 6.5, I have Entourage. <laughs> I, I enjoyed Entourage. I liked that series on HBO. I, it, the final season was not particularly good. Uh, it could have ended better. Uh, of course, it was ending purposely with an, you know, with the after credit scene, if you will, to set up a movie. So it'll be curious to see how it plays out. I don't again. I don't know how it's going to do at the box office because I don't know how popular that in the big picture. I don't know how popular that is, and especially having been off the air for a couple of years, I'm not sure. But that is a guilty pleasure. I, I've seen the tra- the trailer looked a little better than I thought it was going to. It'll be kind of cool to see everybody back together again. So that one, that's kind of the last thing on my list of things that real that I. I, when I went through the entire release schedule, there's a few other things here and there that might be intriguing, but again, we don't want to have an eight-hour episode, so Chad and I had just kind of picked out a, like made our, made our own internal list of you know top items, but that's pro- that pretty much is the last one on my list. No Magic Mike? No, I didn't put Magic Mike. The first one was entertaining, though. <laughs> I did see the first. I did see the first one. Liz wanted to. I think Liz wanted to see it, so we went to go see. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot. There was a lot worse movies I've seen than than Magic Mike, and I almost put down the the remake of Vacation too. But I don't, I'm still not sure if I want to if I want to sign up for a uh, kind of like a Judd Apatow uh, version of Vacation with a I don't know. At least Chevy Chase is supposed to have a cameo, and it's it's supposed to be Rusty's Vacation. All right. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode. We're not going to do any feedback this time. Uh, we'll save that for an actual kind of a, a quote-unquote on-topic episode. So, uh, Mark, you want to tell them how they can reach us? You can reach us by emailing us, lanterncast at gmail.com, lanterncast at gmail.com. Visit our website, lanterncast.com. You can access our forums, movie reviews, ring encyclopedias. Check out our latest episodes there, too. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Use hashtag GLCast to find us on both. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you like us on either or both, please leave us a positive review. Last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, call us at 708-LANTERN. 708-LANTERN! And let us know what you think. All right, guys. Uh, next episode, I'm sure we'll be doing something comics-related. Uh, and don't forget uh, booster.com forward slash Jamie's Avengers before February 19th to buy a $15 t-shirt uh, in memory of Jamie D and in support of the Hero Initiative. Um, all right, guys. We'll talk to you later and uh, have a good night. Good night, everybody. <laughs>